0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, I don't think we can draw ourselves out of this problem, We talked to illustrator Shane Pangburn about art, work, and a baby during the pandemic. Plus, school is coming for biz.
1: Woo! Um, I'm checking in. I was actually really funny. I was just going through a drive through coffee line, and my poor barista was like, are you doing anything fun this weekend? I was like, "Uh, no, there's a pandemic. Like, we're staying home. What? What? Then I realized I am doing something fun this weekend because we just repainted my daughter's playroom. And it used to be um, the room of all the things, you know, where you store everything in there and you hope that no one ever looks because <laughs> it's like frightening how much stuff you have and you're afraid they're gonna call a TV show on you. Um, but we emptied it out and we painted it. So yeah, we're gonna be spending the weekend playing in the playroom, the way playrooms were designed. So yay, you're doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. Or maybe I'm not, but, cause I now just moved all the things to a different room, but that's fine.
0: Have a good day. Bye. Yay. Thank you for wooing with me. And you did, You are doing a good job. Everybody's got a room like that or a closet like that or a bed in which you should never look under that has that in it. Maybe we should look at it more as the fun room where all the fun stuff has gone to die. But now it's... <laughs> Now it's a place to place. So that is a good job. And that actually will feel remarkable. And I hope it has felt remarkable. And, uh, and I don't know, it takes a lot to get it all together. So you you are doing wonderful. I love it. Good job. I'm also doing all right. Before I get into what's going on with me, I just want to say, like I've been saying throughout the whole pandemic, what a great job you guys are doing. You really are. I just want to give, you know, a special thank you to essential workers who are everywhere around us all the time. And like many things that are beautiful, we miss them the first (laughs) few times around. We might have overlooked them, but we are not overlooking you now. You're beautiful and wonderful, and we appreciate you. And whether you are in the medical profession to the grocery farming food production industry to the people who bring our hospitals and doctors offices the supplies they need i you know or just to keep them clean god every time you know you always think i'm going to go to the i got to go to the doctor for my physical or i've got to go to the grocery store there's this trust that somebody has gone in there and disinfected everything and cleaned everything and not just once, but like every, what, 30 minutes, hour? I don't, I don't know, right? And so thank you, all the people who are out there helping keep things safe and clean. That, that is of dire importance. Thank you to our postal service who throughout this entire thing have still been delivering our mail and touching it. You know what I mean? Like it's a big deal. I thank you for for doing that and to our teachers, many of whom are already back in either remote classrooms or in class. I thank you for willing to be part of this incredibly weird start to school. You are amazing and I appreciate you so much. And as always, to all the people who are volunteering their time, whether it be geared towards the pandemic or to children and families who rely on schools being open, uh, there are so many wonderful volunteers who have been taking care of those families while the schools have been shut down, and to all those who are volunteering to help make sure our election goes smoothly. I appreciate you so much. So it is the last week of August, and we have not started school yet. Our school starts back right after the Labor Day weekend. And I have many friends who have already started school, or at least one of the kids in their house have started school. And I've been talking to other parents. I just, from what I gather, (laughs) even with the best efforts and best laid plans, it's a bumpy start. And so I... It actually made me kind of feel good to hear that, which is weird. And it hasn't been at the fault of the teachers. But as a parent, I've watched parent after parent say, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this, right? And I hear kids, sixth graders, seventh graders, like, totally melting down and crying and being overwhelmed. And like, when they're doing this all remotely, and It is a lot. And why I say it makes me feel good is when we get into it uh, in another week, I have a set of expectations that I I need to remember the first week is going to go however the first week's going to go. Maybe good, maybe not good. This is true for the second week, (laughs) but eventually the bumps will hopefully iron themselves out And what I have enjoyed about hearing people's experiences is the grace that they are extending to each other and to the teachers and the teachers to the parents. It's the kids, guys. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Kids are... This is hard. Ah! So I am trying to prepare to give myself that grace (laughs) because none of us have had a break since spring. So... I, like, nothing new has come out to make it fixed. So, you know, it's, it's hard. And I am just trying to steel myself up for it. <laughs> Especially the part in which Ellis is supposed to be learning without me sitting next to him, which is the only way he would learn last year. So looking forward to how that's going to work. I'm trying very hard to avoid the myth that this is somehow within my control. <laughs> Hooray! Speaking of myths, uh, I think that ties in nicely to what we're gonna talk about today with our guest, Shane Pangburn, about the myth that our art and our work are sometimes
2: supposed to be escapes.
0: Bangburn, who grew up in rural Illinois, and now lives in Los Angeles, where he writes whenever not drawing, watching TV, caring for an infant, child, or otherwise working. His middle grade series, The Reject Room, debuts in 2021. He also produces Y'all West, the nation's largest youth and young adult literary festival, and illustrates the unbelievable Oliver series from pseudonymous Bosch. Welcome, Shane.
3: (laughs) Hi, very happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I'm so glad you could join us, and we'll never tell... Uh, the listeners, how many times I had to say pseudonymous Bosch over and over. Long before you even got on the call, Shane. I've oh. been practicing it. And and then my husband came in and said what it was based on. And uh, he threw another word at me. And everything went out the window. <laughs> so before we get into that, because uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. Pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Wanted to know, Shane, please tell us, who lives in your house?
3: In my house is my lovely wife, Jennifer, who is part of the MaxFun family. Uh, and we here. love
0: her. She's lovely.
3: I also love her. Good. And agree on the lovely part. Okay. And uh, our dog, George, who is really underfoot right now, but a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> poodle mix. And, uh, and our son, Ezra who is 10 months old and just, uh, honestly a really easy baby, but it's still very hard.
0: (laughs) I think when people say easy baby, there's a real sliding scale, (laughs) right? Like I think there's a lot of confusion around what easy baby means. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I think people like kind of imagine there's an easy baby, which Mm -hmm. is like a baby in a Disney movie who's always giggling and like a Burping like enchantments, and then the other side is like a demon baby who's you know biting twenty four hours a day, like not even just like the I had a yeah, I had a biter, you know, screaming yeah. I mean, just like like can talk in full sentences, and all those sentences are swears. Like I feel like those are the two spectrums that, and it's really, it's really neither.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Ezra bites like twice a day, just like yeah, enough okay, to turn see? me into a wear baby, right? And then like otherwise is really is giggly most of the time. But there's yeah. like it's the operative word is baby and good baby bad baby because no matter what it's still it's still someone you have to care for for yeah. the entire day, <laughs> and even even if they are a good sleeper, you're still like twelve hours of baby programming, <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot out of it. And here's the thing, babies are—I mean, they're cute, but they're a little boring. Like they don't play back. Per he se. doesn't
3: know anything. Yeah. He has to learn everything, and he's got to learn it from <laughs> me and Jen, and we're yeah. very busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. And they like when you say you know you're taking care of and like engaging with a baby all day. It really is all day. Uh huh. And it, it's kind of monotonous mm-hmm. I remember a lot of like oh my god it's only 10 it's only 10 in the morning it's only how is it only 10 in the morning been, <laughs> I've been awake maybe forever so yep. I don't understand how there's a whole day left
3: because yeah. on a regular schedule we're five hours in at 10 and, oh and, yeah
0: five if, hours in easy half a day half and a day like, over if,
3: if I'm five hours into a movie I'm three hours out of leaving that movie
0: yeah <laughs> Unless it's you know, unless it's no, like I'm the not, end uh, no. of a trilogy. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And we're taking a break.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there aren't really breaks. So that's fun now that we've established babies in the house. In the best case scenario, when you have a baby in your house, it can be isolating. Okay? Yeah. A lot or some people find it very isolating. Some people maybe the greatest thing that's ever happened. And You don't get out as much, like social stuff. No. Really shifts. But this also describes what a pandemic is doing to people. And so so you are my one test subject of you have a baby in your house and both things are happening. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that one is isolating you more than the other? Or like, is it? Do you get a chance to just blame the pandemic for stuff that's really your baby's fault? I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, first off, our baby is faultless. Obviously, yes, named it know. baby. Yes, I know. Your baby is perfect. I know. But if we had to choose between who's worse, our baby or the pandemic, it yeah. is a tough race. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> No, obviously the pandemic is the most isolating force yeah. we've ever known. It's certainly in my lifetime, uh, absolutely in Ezra's lifetime, which is quite short. Yeah. But yeah, having a baby is isolating. We talked a lot, um, my wife and I, about how the first couple months were like being its own quarantine. You have mm-hmm. this child you you before, especially before vaccinations, which you know we've kept to his vaccination schedule. But you don't want necessarily to have him out around everyone all at once. You feel very protective. You don't know what you're doing. You never know what you're doing, but you really don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so we tried our best to do that. And then just as he was getting more mobile, more crawling, more interested in the world around him and reacting to it is when the pandemic yeah. hit. And so for a while, I think it was relatively the normal status quo we were in. And now, months and months later, because the pandemic's been going on for 700 weeks now?
0: Yeah, 700. I think it's 700 weeks. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's it. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our baby is 700 weeks old. <laughs> your baby's 22.
0: Actually, <laughs> what's he's, great is he's, that he's, time means nothing. Time means nothing in the pandemic. So your baby will be 10 months forever.
3: <laughs> he's never known a face other than my wife and mine. <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> His only conversation that he's wear up? <laughs> like that's right. our adult interests um, yep. and uh, yeah, he so now it's getting to be where that's the isolation. Like he yeah. is ready. He wants to crawl through the world. He you know he doesn't want to walk through the world yet, but very, very soon he's standing up and he loves being outside and he gets so excited when I put on a mask. Like when he sees <gasps> me put on a mask, he knows we're going outside. And he knows that, like, he's going to see people and things and noises. And so, like, there's this delight. Like, a little clapping, because he's doing that now. Like, he loves, like, baby clapping. And, like, I'll put on a mask, and it is it is like we have turned on Sesame Street.
0: Yeah, it's like you're, you know, coming out for a night at, you know, Carnegie Hall. Everybody's applauding. I never, it never crossed my mind, the Pavlovian, like, connection of mask and going out for babies like yeah. but that's that i it makes total sense it oh, also completely. plays into my theory that like dogs and babies are a lot of like but oh yeah this is this is that's amazing and <laughs> it's amazing but i also like how does that feel Right? Like, is it, is it weird that, like, masks are a part of the baby, ex- like, this experience? I mean, I don't, I, I would have overthought everything, and I still do overthink everything. Well, um, you're still
3: going through it. Like, you're still experiencing things with, you know, the child of a younger age and the child of the preteen mm-hmm. age and how they're dealing with it. Um, it is, it's weird, but it's, you know, it's not weird to see your son, like, joyful and happy in a baby. Smiling. Oh, like yeah. That no, takes the yes, weirdness course, right away because <laughs> it's like this immediate boost of joy. Like you can't dwell on like the dystopian weirdness of it because you're like, oh, my son's happy. Like oh, you don't I think can. about like, oh, well,
0: I can dwell for hours about it. All right. God, I'm going to dwell on this. And my children don't applaud when I put on a mask. Well, talk to me about what else. What I mean, because I think there is a when katie bell was that age when she was 10 months she started she was a early walker and we were in brooklyn and she got up at the crack ass of dawn and we would go to the park next mm-hmm. you know near our apartment and at like 6 a.m and there were like four other parents and they're 6 a.m just starting to walk kids and And it was an opportunity to make a connection. It served these two purposes. One, us being able to connect to other parents, and two, getting this kid out of the house. And like, I also found that I needed to be out when things got super nuts, right? When I was just having too much of a baby. Have you guys found that difficult during the pandemic?
3: We're trying to figure that out because we'd like yeah. to we'd like to socialize him more. And like right before the pandemic, we were going, we tried Jamboree and like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. with the park and like the same kind of group you were talking about. I'd go there early in the morning. There was even like a baby movement class that we were doing, and of course, all that's shut down. Yeah. Now he does walk around the park and he does you know interact with people a little bit, but um, we really haven't done a lot with other kids because at that age there's no masking or anything and the science still feels so weird so we're we're talking to couples we know who have similar age children and doing meetups and doing things like that and the plan was to do that honestly this next week um so we're gonna try and see if our our son can be socialized (laughs) (laughs) if he's he's ready for people
0: i swear i feel like where's renee Where's Renee from Can I Pet Your Dog? So mm-hmm. I can be like, this is what happens if you don't take your dogs to the dog park right away. If you don't socialize them, they're going to, like, just pee on somebody's floor the first time somebody shows up. Right? Like,
1: yeah. it's...
0: But you're right. I mean, and this is actually, though, a concern for lots of people. I, you know, that it's just a weird place. This is... I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's weird out there.
3: Yeah, man. It's strange, and it's odd, yeah. and it's weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, still not a fan.
3: I don't love it. It's that, not my preferred. And like, I, I worked from home before this. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, I know, I was going to say, I was, yeah.
3: If I was admitting to myself, there are whole days that are no different whatsoever. Yeah. And, and yet at the same time, like, they're not better. Like this. Yeah. Is, there is no day where I'm like, this, this was better than my yeah. life a year ago. <laughs> And like, there's great joy in my life. Like, like we really yeah. do love being with our son, and things are good. But it's,
0: it's and, like, and did you know this stuff sucks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, this, you have just spoken for every person on the planet, possibly. It is like there's. I, I think I was talking about this uh, last week on the show. I've spoken to like, I've I've been in these like group. Zooms and everybody's asked like, "What have have you learned during the pandemic or whatever?" And I want to say banjo, but like everybody else is like, "I've really enjoyed this time off with my children," and I'm like, "Uh, uh, "That's not like my first place to go." Lying, I I think they might be lying, but. But maybe not. Maybe, like you just said, there is a joy about it. If you no. are lucky enough to like the people in your house, okay, mm-hmm. and this that helps a great deal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then there is some joy. And you're you're able to have these joyous moments, but at the same time, it's not better than it was when you could go take a walk around the block or, like... Take your kid to a place where people understood you, or you know, even have two hours a day while a kid is at daycare or more if they're at school. So you're right; it's not better. I,
3: I don't think those people are lying. I kind of whispered they were lying. I think. No, that, I you have think made that the you, same joke. I think <laughs> that you hear. I think you hear other people say it, and then you just feel like, "Well, am I a bad parent if I yeah. don't agree?" And 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 you're a hundred percent right. Like. And I'm sure you've found amazing joy, and there's things you've learned about your children that, that you wouldn't have otherwise. <laughs> and, and maybe that's good, maybe that's bad.
0: Right. So you have, and you work from home, because mm-hmm. you are an illustrator. Correct. So I'm going to make a sweeping misstatement that is probably borderline insulting, saying what a delightfully easy job you have, and how great for you. Because <laughs> you can just draw your way out of you know, your frustration, the the stress, the isolation, and and I and it's a but you when we were talking about this before the show, you used the word myth. And I actually would like to explore it because we've had different artists on over the years. And it is very easy to assume that people who who are artistically talented in some way and have turned that into their career therefore also see it as a means of like uh, self-care sure right and i and i that may be a really unfair assessment
3: no i think you're right in that there is a joy in being able to draw on these creative outlets i would be absolutely lying if I didn't say that my job was easier than a lot of people's. Certainly right. I'm not going out in the world putting myself at risk for the lives of others. Right. But it's also a job. Like at the end of the yeah. day, like you can love drawing, but very few people love doing something for eight hours a day or more. Parenting. Um, yeah, parenting. As you know parenting, you know, <laughs> it's twelve hour parenting day is better than a fourteen. Um yes. <laughs> and, and same with same with art and 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 no matter how much you love doing it there's there's real work at it and it and it can be therapeutic but at the same time like people say like oh these are difficult times and that brings out creativity no it brings mm-hmm. out depression like everybody else yeah and like maybe you can spin that and maybe that's something you can harness but it's just like can you harness that into Doing the dishes better, can you harness that in No, for the most part, we all fail in these environments, and it's true for creative work too, but it is a better position to be in than a job that is otherwise has you know real world complications
0: <laughs> well but it's it, it I think what's interesting is that it I know that I have and continue to struggle finding what used to be creative outlets that I was able to you know participate in and brought me great joy before children were in my house uh-huh and i've struggled since kids arrived in not only finding those creative outlets again but being able to commit to them in a way that that i would have in an earlier time that i would have used as stress relief or just would have been nice and fun and I know a lot of creative people who have struggled with that and then we have other creative people who were like oh my gosh I had a baby and then I was just like writing songs 24 hours a day and like art just came out of my vagina and like it was just non-stop sure but when it's related to work I wonder like I wonder what that struggle becomes because, you know, when you're tired, it's hard to do anything that you like or is even work, even if you used to like it. How do you keep yourself motivated to even do the job part of it? Deadlines. Oh, (laughs)
3: So so it's just honestly, it's just the job, like like treating it as a job, like treating it um, because there are, you know, you can have creative outlets and then you can have work and they can be the same they can they can mesh well together but um if you're really going to get things done when you're tired and you need to get it done and you need to do these other things too because there's the baby there yeah uh, and he you know must be fed or you know at least watered once a day and and you and so you and so you you just need structure and like if the deadlines like with a large project like a novel you know there isn't just one deadline there's There's many, and so just setting them for yourself and like sticking to that, like a calendar, like a work schedule. And that's hard to do, and I don't always do it. But, and then as you said before, finding joy, like just like finding a piece where you're like, oh, I actually enjoy doing this, and this is why I want to do this. And like, like adding a nuance that makes you laugh, that makes you happy, (laughs) is incredibly helpful and sometimes hard to do, but also it's a good indicator that you're not doing it right if it's not bringing you joy. Because the goal in the end is, with these kind of creative endeavors like children's books, yeah. is among other things to bring joy, and uh, that should be any creative endeavor.
0: Well, um, I, I think that that got me thinking about this other myth that I was participating in in some of my <laughs> previous questions, which is that artistic work is not work when it when it is, and that's a almost a societal thing of you know, uh, I know this is true of comedians, writers, singers, illustrators, you know, like artists, that there's never an assumption that it would be hard to meet your deadline because it's just so much fun anyway. You're just drawing,
1: <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah.
3: Have you ever had like an artistic endeavor that then became a, a, a work beyond obviously a, a, a award-winning podcast? and, and
1: Yeah! And
0: <laughs> I, there's no awards. Uh, just soul sucking. <laughs> I, I think there's the sound of a vacuum that's coming now that's just like sucking. Your, no, I love this, but I'm just saying like, I can imagine if I, because I've always had those thoughts of like, oh, look at this. I'm, I just macromade this thing. Watch out, Ooh. Etsy, here I come. I will not want to do it. The moment uh-huh. it becomes like something. It was sort of like my endeavor into making masks for yeah. uh, the pandemic, I was like, I'm gonna make this family some masks. Look at me, it's a reason to sew. And How like- How many did you make? Three, and there How are four of was- us in this family, <laughs> and they, they are beautiful. But I, by the end, was just like, I fucking hate this so much. There is no joy in these. Uh, so you have been working on the here it comes guys, pseudonymous Bosch sure series since the beginning. do you wanna talk a little bit about that that's those are really fun my my oldest loves that series, so
3: <laughs> well yeah. yeah, I mean I adore pseudonymous Sp- and i actually met I met him through his grandmother who came in and picked up. His first book at the bookstore when I was a children's bookseller and told me my, my grandson wrote this series. <laughs> that's, and I'm like, that's, that's my that's... mother.
0: Was it my mother who had shown
3: up? It was yeah. your mother. It was it, I forgot mother. to tell you about your, your, your cousin, Synonymous, of the Bosch family. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, that's amazing, Mrs. Bosch. And she's like, it's a fake name. <laughs> And so um, I ended up doing book events with him, and we became friends, and I helped um, just in almost an assistant role. I uh, played the role of his um, uh, typist rabbit, Quiche Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> Quiche and, okay. and we got talking and decided to create a series for younger kids because they could incorporate art, um, which is something that I had gotten out of. I wasn't being a, a professional illustrator. I was out of college and through college, but had stepped away. And this was an opportunity for us to work together, build a new story. And so he had always had magic and magicians as part of his thing, and he wanted to do a story about a kid magician. And he wanted to do a story. His his daughters have no interest in his work. Yeah, none whatsoever. Which is true of a lot of yeah. a lot of a lot of creative people. And so he thought maybe if I put them, so that the co-leads are these twin twin girls, uh, that they'll be excited. And and they were for minutes. Uh, uh, and so and so it's you know he's very much the writer, but we developed it together because the art is is on every page and yeah. mixed throughout. You know it's incredibly collaborative and a, really a joy because a lot of illustrators do not have that relationship. As most publishing, yeah. you come in later on a project. It exists. The illustrations are called out for you. And that was certainly my role as like a textbook illustrator earlier in my life. Uh, There's no creative, like you do not get to choose. Oh my God,
0: what textbooks did you do? Like what was the subject matter of your textbooks?
3: So I worked for a textbook illustration house. So I did physics, algebra. I I was pretty, pretty low on the totem pole. So I did a lot of math books, which was me (laughs) just (laughs) formatting charts. And to call that illustration is something I was allowed to do.
0: Well, tell. But I I do want to get to your new series. But before that, I do want to hear about Y'all West.
3: Sure. This was um, supposed to be our sixth year, and we ended Ugh. up calling it Y'all Stay Home.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: it was going to be April twenty uh, third, um, which uh, I, I I don't know if you remember back that far, but it was yeah. also bad.
0: Yeah, it was also bad.
3: And so we you know we pivoted to an online platform, uh, which brought actually a broader audience but a different audience but traditionally it's at Santa Monica High School every year and has been since 2015 and it's a young adult middle grade book festival and we bring in authors from all over the country all over the world and it's grown huge it can get up to 20,000 people nice and it's a lot of kids too which is incredible a lot of book events tend to cater more towards prepped and people who are older and trying to write books themselves but uh, at at the Y'all West, and then there's a Y'all Fest in Charleston, South Carolina, you see a lot of the actual kids that are, you know, marketing to, I guess is the harshest word, but the people who these books are for. Yeah. And it's a real joy, and it's something I'm incredibly glad to be a part of every year, and we're <laughs> anxious to bring it back next year. It's Of course, it's Santa Monica High School, if you've ever been there. It's, it's almost its own movie set. In fact, a lot of movies okay. were, were set there. And we, we deal with the, the facilities department who mainly sets up movie sets. And they're, they're like, yeah, well, you guys are easier than Netflix. I'm like, that's yes! what we want. That's what we're looking for.
0: That's, that's You should put that on your press packet. We're a lot easier <laughs> than Netflix. So, <laughs> well, talk to me about the new series, The Reject Room.
3: Sure. So it's coming out next year and I'm still in the process of, you know, getting it like, you know, books take a very long time (laughs) from conception. Like the Unbelievable Oliver series, you know, we we started that, I think, in 2016 and, and steadily progressed, like, you know, to get it to release in 2019. In this case, it should come out in 2021 and it is a series of a ragtag bunch of kids and middle school thrown into the reject room, which is a uh, place for bad kids and underperforming kids to hide and be hid from test schools. And so the school doesn't have to deal with them and they break out and cause a ruckus on standardized testing day. Yes. In order to make good productive change at their school and a little bit of mayhem. And so it's a fun, kind of in the heist genre of a team of experts, uh, Uh, picking their way through the school.
0: Oh, fun. It's
3: really a joy to write. But also, like, those are, you know, you're really thinking about, oh, this plot can go to this. And and even at the middle grade level, that can get a lot to think about. But it's a lot of fun. And I think it'll be really um, a joy.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Well, when it is about to be released, you will come back on. We will celebrate it when it comes back out. Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Biz. I feel like we've been trying to have you on for a while, and I'm so glad we were able to, and, you know, congratulations again to you and Jen on keeping a baby alive for 10 months. I think that's some impressive work.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're going for 11 now, and I think we're going to make it. Uh-huh. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so grateful to you. Um, I'm so grateful um, to Teresa, who I, I know is our, our hearts go out to her and her family. Um, and um, just really happy to be here. And, and, and you're doing a great job.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So are you. And so is Jen. And so is Ezra. <laughs> Everybody's doing a wonderful job. And we're going to have you stick around and do genius and Fails with us, you lucky person. You <laughs> One Bad Mother supported in part by Kiwi Co. This school year will be unlike any other, whether your kids are going back to school or logging on into classroom from home. Well, we do have a little bit of help. KiwiCo sends hands on projects to your door. They are broken into different age groups, uh, making the projects age appropriate. Ellis has been getting Kiwi crates forever as has Katie Bell and I just want to say I recently stole Katie Bell's crate she gets things from the maker crate series I stole it and I made a macrame plant hanger (laughs) and a pot to go in it and it was wonderful. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There is something for every kid or kid at heart, looking at myself, everybody, at KiwiCo. Get your first month free on select crates at kiwico.com badmother. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash bad mother.
2: Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485.
0: Genius, fail time, Shane. Please allow me to genius you. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Guys, here's my genius. Uh, Katie Bell turned 11, and I... Took her in for her physical, her annual physical, which is not usually a big deal. But during a pandemic where one might feel going to a doctor's office is unsettling, we did it. We did it because she was due for her round of vaccines. And so we did it. And she was very brave. And I was very brave. And we went in with our masks. And... We uh, actually, I just want to give a shout out. They, everybody, w- it was so well run. I don't think we ran into anyone. I mean, like, we were there at the very beginning of the day. So like 845, they screened us as we came in. You know, we used elbows throughout the entire building. And there were no other children in the pediatrics area. I know that there were kids in there because you could hear babies screaming with joy from their vaccinations. And... Yeah, we just, we got through it. And then we came home and burned all of our clothes. (laughs) I took a shower and then we all just, so detoxed. But you know what? Those vaccines are still really important during this time. And you got to go in and do it. And so I feel like a genius for doing it.
3: It's with, you know, a baby like we have. We've been to the doctor a fair amount and only one of us can go, which is this weird ostracizing thing because we want to be in this together. But that's not the reality of it right now. Yeah. And the mask. And then it is uh, it's nerve wracking. And I am very proud of you and Katie Bell for getting through it. And I think it is genius to do it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right. Lay it on me.
3: My genius um, is that Ezra has finally he started um, crawling and moving and and standing and all this and and pulling up on absolutely everything. And it's impossible to to keep him in one place. So I created a video game out of my child (laughs) where I, I start him in a save screen, which is his room. And then he's, he's allowed to crawl and there's like little things that he really likes, like a postal tube and a ball of yarn in between on his way to the living room uh, where he can go until he uh, finds something that could kill him. And then we bring him back to one. And you can kill about 10 minutes each time with that thing. And it is, uh, it feels really good.
0: <laughs> that... Is genius. Uh, that that is really genius. I the best I ever could come up with was turning on like, 80s music and pretending I was a mom in the 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really like the idea of mm, this is I am in a video game and yeah. these are the these are the side quests. These are the mm-hmm. different things we've got to do today. I love it. Good job. Good job. Thank you. This is
3: a
4: genius. I am a mother of three, uh, six, five, and one and a half. And when everything starts melting down, I genuinely grab snacks. Oftentimes, it's the pouch, go team pouch, because you can just till the crying or whining spaces with pouch. Pre-corona, I grab three pouches, because I have three children. Post-corona, my genius is grabbing four because while the kids are calming down, my blood sugar is going up and I feel way better. I get it that I'm supposed to be eating like not pouches (laughs) but unsweetened applesauce is a healthy snack for my kids. I don't know. I felt pure genius and I feel good and I don't feel as stretched thin. I don't know. thought I'd just share it with y'all. Whatever your kid count is, add just one more. <laughs> you get a little snack, too, and everything feels better.
0: <laughs> Anyways,
4: you guys are all doing a really good job. Hang in there. Uh,
0: hang in there. Bye. Oh, my God. You are a genius. You are genius. a genius. That. Are you, okay. Yay, Team Pouch. Teresa it's Team Pouch. I am Team Banana. Both <laughs> might work in this scenario but i i this is such a wonderful use of the pouch to stop the crying and the calming down but you using the pouch this is not one you would share at the office party or a cocktail soiree you wouldn't be like i had about three pouches today like you're not gonna that's not shareable information but it's shareable with us i think you're cool what do you think, Shane?
3: I think that's great. And I'm like, I could use a snack every once in a while, and I'm not going to make myself apples with blueberry no. with a little bit of cinnamon and some whole oats no. all put together and perfectly, no, I'm going to no. eat a granola bar or something yeah. at best. Like, no, this pouch is, is, is designed to give the exact nutrients you need. You've mm. hacked the system. You no longer have to provide for yourself in any way. We should all eat out of bags.
0: That's right. Fuck chewing! We're doing <laughs> such a good job. You really are. Good job. Failures. Fail,
1: fail, fail, fail.
0: You suck. Let me fail you, Shane. This is this really isn't a parenting fail. Uh, it's just one of those like weird fails. And I will preface. It's okay, guys. I I do. I'm just sharing this as a fail. And I do not need solutions. Okay. I, I've been slowly trying to add things to the outside of our house to make it a nice place for me to go. Because I'm running at every room in our house is being taken by somebody. And so I'm just trying to find a little place for me. And so I've been trying to keep the plants that are outside alive. And I've been enjoying the front of the house more than the back of the house recently. So I wanted some bird feeders. For the for the front, and I found these very pretty, pretty bird feeders. They are, they are like balls. They're like, like think about it, if a larger size would be like at a circus in which someone rode a motorcycle around and around ends. It's like, like are metal. they? Could an
3: elephant be on this ball or no? No, it, this no. No, is... no.
0: That's like a. That's about. This is more like a round cage almost. Okay. So it's like it's circular and it's all one piece and it's you know got little tiny holes all over it where you would pick out the bird seed I suppose if you are a bird and they're in red and blue and yellow and I (laughs) thought I'm gonna have these beautiful balls hanging in my front yard and I'm gonna enjoy birds and so I discovered I don't have a lot of places to hang bird feeders in the front of my house but I've managed and the only thing that has been interested in my bird feeders is a plucky little squirrel these are supposed to be also by the way the squirrels can't bother these because they're like round or whatever i don't know it's a lie squirrels can do whatever they want <laughs> they and don't care they don't care and this squirrel has easily reached the red feeder and just hangs from it, like upside down. I mean, it is providing some entertainment and I suppose, what's wrong with feeding a squirrel? But I also just want some birds and I keep finding them all over the ground and everything knocked out and uh, I just want, (laughs) Stefan's like, put grease on it. I'm like, I'm not gonna, no, no. Are no. these
3: hummingbirds you're looking for? No, I just want
0: some regular birds. old birds. Just, just birds. I've got a hummingbird feeder, but the hummingbird only likes to come when I've turned, like, the kid's sprinkler on. <laughs> then we have a hummingbird who's like, water? Hot damn. And I'm like, there's a, there's a bird feeder with sweet nectar in it. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I just can't seem to get nature right in my backyard, but oh well. I do have a new friend that is a squirrel, and I'm just waiting for the rats to come. Now, please, please fail me.
3: <laughs> so we we had to take our ten month old's phone privileges away.
0: Oh yeah, that does start. Uh, yeah, uh,
3: not not his real phone. <laughs> um, his mimi and papa, my parents, uh, got him a like a a toy reflective phone uh, yeah. that is handheld and weighs about five pounds. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> Is it a rotary? Is it <laughs> I don't,
3: I don't know. It, I mean, it's it's a, supposedly a, a, a smartphone. It does play um, a cat that meows at you, uh. a dog that barks at you, and uh, yep. it reflects our baby. <laughs> but <laughs> he used it uh, to climb on me to reach the window and then throw it at the window as hard as he could, and he broke a pane of glass in our, our, our living room. <sighs> He I'm was so thrilled. En-
0: wow, yeah, yeah. Was that, did you, did you think it was just a cute little moment and you laughed? Or were you initially like, what the? <laughs> it,
3: it's even worse. I didn't know he'd done it for like a minute.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I turned back
3: around and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've just been letting my baby <laughs> get thrilled by this glass. <laughs> he's right there
0: uh oh that's the best thing I've ever heard right there that is the number of times oh uh oh (laughs) that's
3: yeah, it was a particularly right small crack with no additional glass around or anything. And then we pulled the playpen away, and we pulled me away, so so that I so, was no longer a ladder to danger. Uh, and now he does. Uh, he he has to find something else. He, he's no longer allowed rocks, basically, that he yeah, can toss it, at a window, no
0: matter how cute they are <laughs> and what noises they make. He can't do it. Also, man, your debut rock and roll album better be called Ladder to Danger because that's <laughs> S-M-S dead Ladder to Danger
3: oh, I'm, not, I'm not quite that sad dad yet but I'll get there I because yeah, the guitar oh, is get, really embarrassing worry. for an older child yeah, uh, oh,
0: you'll get there you'll get there <laughs> trust me um, I can't wait so
1: this is fail. my daughter got dumb by a boss and is terrified to go outside which is really a problem because pandemic and we don't have anything to do except to play outside and watch tv until their brains rot and then lose out their ears and so i've been trying to be patient with her but today it was so bad that she would not even go from the house to the car like i couldn't even get her to do that and so and she like I mean she was terrified like I had to drag her out of the car um, and while we were in the car I threatened her with making her stay outside until she was okay with bugs again and um, now that I've had a little bit of time to cool down I realized that that was really awful and I um, horrible parent. So I thought I'd call share it with everyone. You guys are doing a great
0: job. Bye. Well, unlike what I would normally tell you, you're actually not a horrible parent, and uh, you know this is this is a heavy fail, but it's not. You're not the only person who's done this. I mean, like I. I've even joked on the show about the old, like, oh, you need to clean this up. You don't want to clean this up? They're going to go away, right? And, like, that maneuver, which never struck me as something that was scarring until we watched a movie in which, like, a really horrible mother, like, a real one, like, a really bad mom, like, said that to her kids. And, uh, and, and like, all the kids, like, all of us got kind of quiet. <laughs> got quiet for a second. And I was like... I'm not gonna do that again right like I, I, okay I, I, I maybe maybe that's being processed differently than i think and you know i'm gonna take it all away or i'm gonna you know you're gonna have to sit outside my kids have also gone through the terrified to be outside or terrified to be in the tub you know ellis right now is scared to be in his own room and i'm just like i'm with you it's right there on the tip of my tongue well we are gonna <laughs> sit in this room until you're not scared anymore like Your child is not the only one who's in a pandemic right now. Uh, You are, and you are under a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety and pressure, and that's just on the best day with a kid in your house. So, like, the guilt is real, and the bad feeling is 100% real, and that's why it's a fail, because we realize when we make mistakes, but you're actually... You're doing you're doing all right. You're you're okay. You're doing like a horrible job, but not in the way that you think you are. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever
3: known. I love you. I love
1: you.
4: When I have a problem, I call you on the phone.
0: One Bad Mother is supported in part by BookNix, a teacher-facilitated interactive subscription box and online book club for middle grade readers. A curated selection of books for different reading and developmental levels is offered every month along with big idea questions, weekly emailed reading guides, and monthly activities that correspond with the theme of the book to help readers engage more deeply with the material. Katie Bell received her first BookNix book at the beginning of last month. It turned out to be one of her favorite books, and she's been really enjoying the projects that went along with the book. They sent with it origami paper and a little note, and at the end of the month for this particular book, they learned origami, and it just helped tie in with the themes of the book, and what was happening. It was incredibly interactive, which makes the reading so much more engaging. Like I said, at the end of the month, children can participate in an interactive teacher-led virtual book club with teachers and other students from around the country. Get 20% off your first month at booknext.com when you use the promo code BAD20 at booknext.com. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey,
3: Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me?
0: Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience.
3: True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore.
0: Correct. Next, unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show.
3: False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month.
0: Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself.
3: Definitely true.
0: And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently,
3: we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Somers.
0: Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had and if you don't listen well then you can go fact yourself
1: that's the name of our podcast
0: correct Woo.
1: i listen to bullseye because jesse always has really good questions what did john malkovich
3: wear when he was 20 I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. That was such a pleasure
0: to talk with Shane I, if if you or your children have not yet been introduced to the unbelievable Oliver series from pseudonymous Bosch, Uh, go check it out. It's wonderful. Ellis, who is now six, we're just about to start the latest in the series, uh, just because it's that perfect combination of illustration on a page and a chapter book. And it's such a, a wonderful fun series to get into so definitely check that out and as soon as uh, the reject room comes out we will get shane back on here to talk about that too speaking of series one of the long-running series on one bad mother is listening to a mom have a breakdown so let's settle in and check it out
2: hi one bad mother It is 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm drinking a beer. Now, that might sound like a genius or a fail, but it's in fact a rant. I am a teacher of young children, and I have a one-year-old son at home, and I am really struggling about going back to school this year. My school district is planning on offering virtual teaching and in-person teaching, and I... No, other people think different things, but I do not think it's safe. And I am convinced that I am going to bring home COVID and kill my son and husband. And I am aware that I'm an adult and a mother and a teacher, and I'm supposed to be able to be rational. And I think that I might be crazy, but that's my reality, I guess. I just don't know what to do. And I wish that I could make the decisions about what's gonna happen and not other people. I have not slept all week because I am just so anxious about what's going on. And if I'm forced to be in person in my classroom, I might just quit. And then I need to find something else to do because we need the money. Thank you for listening. I feel like I can't really express these thoughts to many people. And the people I do express them to like my husband friends get tired of listening and don't know how to fix it either so I just need a turn you're doing a great job I don't know if I am well
0: you are doing a good job you are and that is one of the reasons that the hotline is there it's sometimes we just need to like vomit out what's happening you know for us Ugh. This is such a part of this experience, this global pandemic that we are going through is, you know, how do we talk about our fears and our concerns with others when everybody has fears and concerns? You know, we we've, we've touched on that a couple of times, you know, like, I'd rather... Except the worst case scenario. And it makes me crazy when somebody's like, it's going to be over in a week. And then I have to realize that that person who's getting by by thinking it'll be over in a week wants to murder me <laughs> because of my uh, more gloom and doom perspective. And the same goes with returning to school or learning remotely. Teachers have children lots of the time. <laughs> You're in a situation right now that not only forces you to have to think about your own health and safety, but the health and safety of your family and the health and safety of the kids that you that you teach. And this, everybody's going through this, regardless of their job. If your job is having to go out, it, whether you're a lawyer and you've got to be in an office or you need to be in court, whether you're a doctor, whether you—it doesn't matter. If you are out around people daily in close contact, that fear of getting it and bringing it home and passing it on is a real fear. Same for people who have multi-generational families living in their house, people who need to visit their own parents. Okay, so you're not crazy to have that fear. If you are, then I'm married to crazy because, you know, Stefan 100% believes that if he goes out, yeah, I mean, he's working it out. He's going, you know, we're starting to trade off the grocery shopping duties because of how much anxiety it can produce for us. But that he's going to get it and bring it back and die. <laughs> so just like, I, he's rational. I'm rational. I'm a very rational person. But I do get it every time, every time I go out for something that we need in the house. And we, again, have limited this to almost nothing. I still come home and think, is this the day? We went to the doctors. We went to the doctors. Sick people are at the doctors. Like, without a pandemic, there are lots of times we went into the doctor for a physical and came out sick (laughs) because there were sick kids there, right? Like, that's how that works. And, like... I did. That whole day, I thought, did we bring it back in? Did we, you know, it's, it's anxiety. It's fear of the unknown. And once again, you're being put in, in an incredibly difficult situation in which people are making decisions for you that you may not agree with which then presents a whole new series of decisions and challenges where there are still no good answers, but you're doing a remarkable job. You're doing a remarkable job. I'll listen to you. Tell me that you're going crazy over and over again. It's totally fine. No judgment. Okay. You're doing remarkable. And, I appreciate you as a teacher and I I really do hope there a resolution will come for you that will will work. I really do. Everybody, what did we learn today? We learned that we are still on this submarine voyage of self-quarantining through an ocean of pandemic, guys. Just keeps going when are we going to get to resurface I would really really like to know and it's so weird because uh, it's starting to feel normal right like it doesn't like uh, I hate that because it's still not normal school is coming back I, you know choices are really difficult to make ah! But sometimes escaping into a good book with your kids can be helpful. For example, we learned that the wonderful series, the unbelievable Oliver series from pseudonymous Bosch, illustrated by our wonderful, patient, kind (laughs) guest, Shane Pangburn, is one of those books that you can use to get away with. And I was also appreciated, uh, Shane, reminding me that uh, just because your job involves your art doesn't make it any less of a job. And I think especially right now when we're all working from home or many of us are still working from home, man, it can be very easy to slip into the "Eh, is this really work or letting other people define what your work is. It's work. Okay, so I appreciated him being willing to discuss that. You are all doing a remarkable job. You really are. And you know what? I actually hear a lot on the hotline, and I so appreciate this because it serves as a reminder for me. Uh, I've been getting a lot of woos and check-ins, and I love that. And uh, a lot of the check-ins involve people saying, you know what, at the moment, I am doing okay. And we get to also do okay during this pandemic. Okay, you are entitled to do okay. You are our, this is definitely a time in which, like the concept of doing it at someone, or somebody is doing it at you, is really ramped up. You know, I can't, we're, we're not, at a place where we are going to do like a babysitter or somebody coming in okay but i know other people who can and have and they are not doing that at me right they are that is the choice that they need to make for their family for it to work right now just like our choice is ours The fact that we're not is not doing it at the people who are, right? Us not doing it is not a judgment saying you shouldn't have done it. And their choice is not a judgment that we should have. We've got to remember each family needs to make decisions that are best for them, okay? And we need to respect those decisions and just know that for as unknown as it all is, Their choice doesn't have to be one that you also have to make. okay? like it. Everybody's just making the best choices for themselves and their family that they can right now. So do not feel bad about your choices because they are all really hard and don't feel bad if you've made choices that feel like, you know, a luxury. Good for fucking you, man. Good job. Okay. We're not doing it at each other. Let's just uh, beat that into our heads because you're all doing amazing. You're all doing amazing. And we are going to continue to get through this. And we will continue to be here as long as the pandemic and hopefully well beyond the pandemic. (laughs) I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.
2: I got to
1: low down, Marble Blues. I got to low down, Marble Blues. I got to low down, Marble
4: Blues. Low down, Marble Blues. Got to low down, Marble Blues. I got to low down, Marble Blues. You know
2: that right. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun Family of Podcasts. To support the show, go to maximumfun.org/donate. Well, Daddy baby by, got
4: low down mama Blue. Oh, said daddy baby by, got low down mama. Blue. Yeah.
2: maximumfun.org.
3: Comedy and Culture.
4: Artist owned, audience supported.